Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. Guys, welcome back for another episode. I, I, I don't have a lot of stories to talk about today, but I do have some more catching up in terms of television shows that I've actually been watching. Uh, I finished Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine-Nine over the weekend. Very happy I got those two uh, out of the way. I was able to finish season seven and eight of, or sorry, six and seven of, yeah, six and seven of, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine got that finished. Finished the last uh, season of Parks and Rec, got that finished as well. And then I decided I'm going to try to go back and, uh, you know, hit up a show that I haven't watched in over a year and try to hammer through that because Sam's already told me she's not going to watch the show. She kind of got bored of it. It's uh, Homeland. And also this week, uh, Sam and I started watching Made as well, which is a miniseries on Netflix, which is really good, but really, really sad. And I feel bad for the main character because she's just she's having a hard, a tough run of it. But, you know, I, I'm I believe on episode six or seven right now. And I think there's 10 episodes in the series. That's another one I'm going to watch. And, of course, to top it all off, the feature presentation is Hawkeye. Hawkeye debuted on the 24th this week, and I watched the first two episodes, and very, very happy with what I've seen so far. And I'm very glad that so far the series seems to be centering more on Haley Steinfeld's character of Kate Bishop. We definitely get an amazing introduction to her world, where she was during the events of the Avengers, and how she got to idolizing Hawkeye, and seeing her skills in action. And seeing her dynamic with her family, with her parents, with her stepdad, and her dynamic with Hawkeye itself when they finally meet. And it's set during the, the Christmas season as well. Uh, you see Hawkeye going for another mission. And it's basically one of those things where he's trying to get this mission done so he can go home to see his family for Christmas. So there's sort of a time crunch on on this whole series. And of course, you know, the first two episodes were packed with Easter eggs as well. Uh, which Marvel is known for tossing Easter eggs in here and there. I'm very excited for the next episode, which I believe comes out, I think they're doing Wednesdays now for Marvel shows. So I look forward to watching next Wednesday when the next episode of Hawkeye comes out. I don't have anything else to add to that. I'm just very glad that I'm getting through my backlog of shows. Now, if I can only get on to my backlog of games and movies, but you know, I'm, I'm just going through everything one at a time. I want to go into the stories. We have a couple of stories. Nothing major this week. It was kind of a lackluster week. But the major one that I pulled out was actually something that made my heart sink a little, actually, because I have a personal connection to this story. And the way that this story came about actually just makes me kind of sad. So Epic Games, obviously known for Fortnite, Gears of War, has acquired the developer of the rock band series, Harmonix, to develop in-game Fortnite ex- musical experiences, much like you've seen with Travis Scott doing his concert in-game. In this was very sad for me. I mean, I, I know Fortnite is, is thinking outside of the box in terms of the content they're providing their gamers, and, and that's fine, you know, but the fact that they pulled Harmonix, who would produce one, my favorite trilogy of games of all time, you know, Rock Band is like near and dear to my heart, um, and I even have a t-shirt dedicated to it. It's it's tops my favorite games of all time list. So I know that this is only going to be beneficial for Harmonix, but it, it's just very hard. It's it's very hard to watch this future of uh, all these smaller uh, companies getting scooped up by larger companies. But, but that's just the way it is. You know, tech companies are all gobbling each other up. 
So this is good news for Epic Games because now uh, they can continue to expand their metaverse by bringing their own unique brand of musical gaming experiences, which, you know, I'll admit, you know, the Travis Scott in-game concert was, was a cool idea. But it'll be interesting to see how they're going to tie harmonics back to it. Uh, if it's going to be something that, can you play Rock Band in Fortnite? I, I doubt it. But I think it's just in terms of the type of licensing that they can get for certain artists that they can bring into Fortnite may be part of that. And so we won't know until you know we start seeing some actual announcements. Uh, and it'll probably not be till next year at the earliest when we see stuff like this happening. I dropped off of Rock Band uh, when I bought my PS4. So it it's, has been a couple of years, but you know, I still play Rock Band 3 from time to time when I can boot it up and when I, you know, I'm just feeling in the mood for picking up the guitar and playing. I dropped off of it because it was becoming such an expensive hobby uh, to purchase songs and play these songs in game. And now, I mean, I'm kind of glad I did drop off, A, because now I'm an, I'm an adult with other obligations um, and other financial strifes, things that are a little more important than purchasing songs on a weekly basis. But Harmonix hasn't really been churning out the best content uh, on Rock Band. They are still doing it weekly, which I'm glad that they've been able to keep up for this long. But the music that they were starting to pull now is a lot more top 40s pop music, rap, hip hop, and it doesn't fit the original rock band brand and so it almost feels like it's sort of a mashup between like dj hero rock band guitar hero and they're just it's sort of almost just calling it music here like music band or music hero like that that's almost what it should be called because it's not even rock anymore that's not to say that there aren't rock elements in certain songs that they are pulling it's just that rock band and guitar hero were much well known for you know leaning in on that a lot more leaning in on actual rock bands and and guitars so like guitar solos by artists like like iron maiden stevie ray vaughn van halen you know like certain artists that like yes i know like we're getting into the 2020s and so like the future of music is is changing and we're getting farther away from the 70s and 80s and 90s what gen zers would probably call the dinosaur era but there's still they still hold a special place in our heart, and I think this is why, at least with Rock Band Three, and it's good where I stopped where I am because I have all the songs still. Um, when I am connected to the internet, I can play them all, all my 900 songs that I brag about. Uh, so I, I do have personal ties to to that, and I can still play the rock rock version of Rock Band and not the pop version of Rock Band. All right, that's all for that story. I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's so sad. This one actually came out the same day as the Epic Games acquisition. So local company Wonder Gaming uh, is partnering with, and this is uber local, like Toronto local. So Wonder Gaming has is announced that it has entered a strategic partnership with Toronto Maple Leafs captain John Tavares and his foundation, the John Tavares Foundation. Now John Tavares's foundation is an organization that is committed to helping children understand the importance of nutrition and healthy lifestyles. And this partnership with Wonder Gaming, who is actually a crypto custodian in Canada, they are working with John Tavares to develop and mint and sell NFTs from John Tavares's historic career and a share of all the proceeds from these NFT sales on the platform will go back to the John Tavares Foundation to support its initiatives in the community. An actual quote pulled from president and COO of Wonder Gaming, Mike Cotton, 
said that utilizing NFTs to benefit charities like this is a significant part of our company's core values, helping athletes, musicians, and gamers advocate for causes that are important to them especially by allowing their fans to own digitized moments from their career is a huge opportunity for everyone involved, especially the charities themselves and the communities they support. The opportunity to work with John and other entertainers across the planet to support their charities through the sale of NFTs is going to be a focal point for, and the go-to marketing strategy for Wonder. As well, John Tavares also gave his own uh, statement saying, my family and I are very passionate about helping children understand the importance of nutrition and leading a healthy lifestyle. The John Tavares Foundation will benefit greatly from Wonder sponsorship and the revenue generated from the sale of my NFTs. Being able to partner with Wonder to mint and sell NFTs from moments in my career to generate much needed funds for our foundation is a great way to help more kids in our community. Again, I know I talked about NFTs, I believe not on the last podcast, maybe the podcast before that. It's still a fairly new idea for me. Uh, it's something that I'm not too familiar with and I'm still wondering uh, what the you know, what is the gains from purchasing these little moments or little pictures or, or videos or snippets of, of life and history and everything like that, investing in that and purchasing it and reselling it perhaps. But again, it's all going to become more clear to me when it becomes sort of this mainstay in the industry. And in this case, you know what, like just based off of the, the Newswire press sheet, it, it all seems well and good. It all seems like they're they're only doing good things here with the sale of NFTs. And it seems as though that a share of all proceeds from the sale are going to go to his foundation. I mean, he'll probably pocket some of it, obviously, because, you know, who doesn't, right? It's, But you got to think that this guy is sort of a philanthropist in a way that he is hoping to sort of benefit children, you know, because the children are our future, obviously. I want to see how well this does. Uh, and um, only hoping for the best because helping children these days understanding nutrition and healthy lifestyles, it's very important, you know, because this world is ever-changing. The types of foods and the, the way that we sort of fuel our bodies is also changing. There's so many more options out there, and there's a lot more healthy alternatives, and it's a matter of just shifting kids uh, towards that and, and promoting a healthy lifestyle. So I'm all about that. You know, I'm down. I'll, I'll drink some more almond milk. I'll have myself a avocado toast if it means that I, I am living a healthier lifestyle. I don't even drink milk anymore. Like I said, I drink like almond milk mostly, but I do eat a lot of cake uh, as proven by Finn's birthday. So I think I might be a little bit of a hypocrite. <laughs> Finally, this is a story that came out of left field for me. I, you know, I've been talking, uh, on and off, I had talked to my brother about this a couple of years ago because we'd mentioned this on, I believe, the Stardust Drive podcast. Uh, I was talking about a documentary that I watched on Hayao Miyazaki, who was best known for his work with Studio Ghibli, you know, producing some films like Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, The Wind Rises, etc., etc. Well, in a rare interview, the animator himself, Miyazaki, has confirmed that he is going to come back. He's going to come out of retirement. Uh, after directing 11 features in 34 years, the last one being The Wind Rises in 2013, he has confirmed that he's going to return to Studio Ghibli to direct a new film. Uh, this film, which little is known about it other than it is based on a 1937 novel by Genzaburo Yoshino, which is called How Do You Live? And the novel itself follows a 15-year-old boy in Tokyo whose father had recently died. And it is apparently Miyazaki's favorite childhood book. It's unclear if this is what the film is going to be called, How Do You Live? It's probably going to have a Japanese title and English translation, as well as Japanese voiceover 
English voiceover. But this is exciting. Miyazaki is is a beloved animator, beloved director of very famous animated movies. In fact, you could say whenever you saw something that looked like anime on the big screen, it was probably Miyazaki because you don't see a lot of popular Hollywood actors coming to voice anime films unless it's a Miyazaki film. Same thing, films like Spirited Away and Ponyo had some very big named actors attached to this role. Even The Wind Rises, I believe, had Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think. I know he voiced in one of those movies. So this is exciting. I, I knew that he wasn't going to be fully retired forever. It's a lot like when Quentin Tarantino says, oh, you know, I'm going to make 10 films and then be done. It's like, you, then what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Unless you decide to sort of change your perspective and maybe go into like the realm of writing or podcasting or something like that. But Miyazaki, he's been kind of quiet for the last couple of years. And I've heard little spurs here and there that he may come back, that he may not be done, and that he may have some more ideas in the pipe. So it, it's amazing to see that he, uh, in his age, that he is going to continue to do work on film like this. So I welcome him back with open arms. Come back, Miyazaki. I, I still have to watch a lot of your films. I do have them saved on Netflix. So I'm going to try to binge them before they go off of Netflix forever. Finally, I want to go over the poll question for last week. It wasn't a very difficult poll question to answer, actually. Uh, it was just about whether you guys are excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. I was hoping that there would be some Spider-Man No Way Home news to talk about. I mean, there was a lot of TV spots released, but not much to really go on there other than the fact that it's additional footage from the film. But I want to go over the answers that you guys provided for the question. Are you excited? Uh, it turns out that there was a, it was very, very close on At Will Key. 33% of people said yes and no. So that goes to one and two. And then by one point, I, I, I'm serious, one point, 34% said indifferent. The answer is a little bit different over on Podcast Outbreak. Actually, 80% of people said that they were excited for the film, while 20% said that they were indifferent. Based on that, I'd say that most people are excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. I did. I don't think I voted in this round. I, I want to say that I rigged the vote to go my way, but I think that it this is shaping up to be the most exciting film since Endgame. Okay, so let's just go in, and I don't want us to set our expectations up too high. People who are expecting Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to show up are probably setting their expectations through the roof. Let's kind of keep it in the middle somewhere, because right now a lot of the promotional material they're giving us is amazing, and it's juicy. But I also don't want it to be the only thing that we're seeing. I don't want them to be, I don't want us to be let down and think that the whole film is being revealed to us through these TV spots and trailers. I think that there is going to be a couple of secrets that they're going to wait for the film. Obviously, they, they can't give everything away. But right now, it seems like they're giving us enough that you can sort of piece together the core story, who's going to be featured, and they're going to have a couple of surprises, as Marvel always does. So let's just go in with tampered expectations. Let's not go through the roof. Let's not. Let's not toss the hype train off the cliff. Now, I don't recall if I've ever actually done a poll question around NFTs, but this week we've decided to kind of go that route. And it builds off of not only the question that was, or the story that was talked about in this podcast, but also one of the past stories we talked about in relation to NFTs and blockchain. I want to ask you guys, are you interested in the future of blockchain, crypto, and NFTs in the gaming space? So go over to at WillKey or at Podcast Outbreak, submit your answer. Obviously, before you give an answer, make sure you do research to find out exactly what is an NFT, what is blockchain, what is crypto. Make sure you have a bit of a broader, at least simplistic understanding of those concepts before you just go, no, I'm not okay with change. 
because who knows? It might be the, the type of change that we need in the future in the next five, 10 years. It's certainly coming down the pipe pretty quickly, at least NFTs are. So let's keep an open mind. All right, guys, so that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You can head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I occasionally will post some feature-length articles, news pieces, opinions on generally anything I find interesting. Guys, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm all over the place. Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. On Twitter, there are two places to look. My personal account, which is at Will Key, spelled K-E-E. As well, this podcast Twitter account is at Podcast Outbreak. And if you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm currently doing the Outbreak Quick Bits. Not as often as I would like, but I'm going to try to get back into it. You know, I, I'm not giving myself too much pressure. Sometimes I do. But I'm also doing podcast highlights there wherever I can and other random occasional things. So search William Outbreak over on TikTok as well as the Redbubble store where you can find two designs there. Um, feel free to go shop around, find something that you like. Guys, if you haven't already, please join my Discord server as well as my YouTube channel. Both links are in the show notes below. And if you are listening to this on podbean.com, thank you all so much. But did you know that Podbean also ships this out to all of your favorite listening platforms? This includes Apple, where if you are on Apple, please feel free to leave me a five-star review that I can read to my son before bed. We are also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Castro Castbox, and TuneIn plus Alexa. Guys, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast and have yourselves a fantastic night and or weekend. See ya.